Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show Radio to open the heart, heal the soul, awaken the consciousness. Mr. Benny Mathers. Awakening winter solstice. Winter solstice, yes. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? listening? I'm ready for that. I don't know the rest of the words to it. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, Yeah, there we go. (laughs) The the bells are easy. Uh, The one I used to love, you know, because I was was a a choir and I'm a musician. I used to be a, a singer and it was like, just hear those sleigh bell jingling, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. right? You know, like I was like, yes, let's do that one. <laughs> I wanted to do the bells, you know, my little fiery self. <laughs> I think I remember uh, what was it from my childhood? Probably like the Jingle Bell Rock. It's like Jingle oh, Bell, yeah. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, bell Rock. Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah, yeah. it's more jingle like a show bell, tunes yeah. thing. Yeah, maybe we should just do songs today. That'd be super fun. So, I anyway. think our guest wouldn't want that. I mean, he's in his own mind. I get that. But maybe not today. I get it. Maybe he's next prepared. time. We'll just do a special, sure. you know, sing along. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With Benny and Loretta. Why not? <laughs> you know, could be worse. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it is the winter solstice today. We were talking before the show that, um, what, uh, uh, today is the darkest day. And then tomorrow we get like one minute and eight seconds more of daylight or something like that i'm not quite sure and then um merry christmas everybody happy holidays um yeah it's coming up it's on monday in case you forgot i had uh somebody yesterday she goes loretta it's christmas on monday and i haven't done a thing what's going on i'm like i don't know what's going on (laughs) it's gonna be a busy weekend for her (laughs) you gotta figure that one out right so anyway, um, I have such a great guest. I'm going to uh, jump right into things. I have uh, several announcements, lots of stuff going on over at Reiki Oasis. Uh, tonight, today is the winter solstice. And so tonight I just have a little uh, winter solstice meditation at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, you can sign up for that at um, schedule.reikioasis.com or just go to reikioasis.com. It directs you straight to the scheduler. Um, don't worry if you cannot be there at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you sign up, I'll send you a recording. And um, it's just a little way to kind of connect to the light and help direct you forward. Saturday is uh, my Temple of the Divine Feminine. We're meeting just before the holidays this time on the 23rd. And it's going to be kind of festive. And you can join us via Zoom or in person for that. And by the way, the meditation this evening is via Zoom Sunday morning. I also have another meditation via Zoom at 10 a.m. And next Thursday, December 28th at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I have my annual end of the year uh, ceremony. We just do it's It's a, called a prayer bundle or a despacho. And it's just a way to kind of brush out the old and bring in the new and everybody loves it. You can join me this year, either in person or via Zoom. So go and find out more about all of that um, at ReikiOasis.com. And then today, like I said, solstice, winter solstice up here in the Northern hemisphere, right? And the sun moves into Capricorn. For all my Capricornians, Mr. Benny Mathers. Yeah, that's me. Me, 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 me. I'm excited. That's right. I know. So um, the December solstice is the celebration of the light. 
Mm. And it brings us, like I said, into Capricorn season, which is quite often a busy time, right? In the Northern Hemisphere, (laughs) if I could You don't need to remind me about it being the busiest time of the year. I know. (laughs) I know. It's it's like, get on your Capricorn work clothes and get to work, right? right? You know, that's how that works. But um, this is the celebration of the light. We return to the light and we use the solstice to honor that shifting of the energy and even the light in your heart and soul, which wants to begin to radiate out. We've been in what I call an introspective time, and now now it's time to kind of shift that a little bit. Your inner light is the unique energy that you bring to this world. So get to know your inner light, cultivate it, nurture it, you know, connect it to God or the divine, what, and then shine it out for the world to see. You know, we are happiest when we are sharing our gifts and our inner light. That's my take on it anyway. The poor, tired world needs to lighten up. The energy of the solstice can be quite energizing and healing, and it's said the energy grid moves into higher harmony under the solstice. I'm glad we were singing, Benny. Harmony, yeah. So spend some time in nature, soak up the powerful vibrations, sing some songs, jump around, you know, have fun. Contemplate the balance between light and dark and even good and evil. And today is a marker of the victory of light over the darkness. So let your mind, heart, and soul become illuminated. Light a candle, do something sacred and wonderful, and, you know, burn a Yule log, you know, whatever (laughs) you do. The solstice connects to, yeah, what is a Yule log? Don't go there. It connects to the Christmas holidays and the celebration of the birth of the sun, and even directing us into the Christmas season for those that celebrate the birth of the sun of God. And so return of hope to the world. I always look at this as it's a festive time, right? It's a, and, and it's also very family oriented right now. The stars in the sky are kind of bringing people together. I'm seeing something that I haven't seen for a while. It's really, really good. So today, December 21st, Venus in Scorpio aligns opposite Uranus and Taurus. And I'll put it in English. The bridge of energy will make love feel eclectic and out of the box. So this is some fabulous creative energy we can use for innovation and to drive our entrepreneurial projects. If you're winding down for the year, this combination of energy can be powerful in helping you to problem solve, think bigger, and allow your authentic selves to shine. Uh, You know, Betty, I don't think I've had so many clients coming to me going, man, I'm ready for something new. I want to do something that's more heart-centered or more meaningful, you know, and so that's this, it's it's time, you know, yeah. it is mm-hmm. time. Sure. Tomorrow, December 22nd, the sun aligns with Mercury, bringing new insights and wisdom into our world, also known as the Mercury Kazemi, my favorite word to say, Mercury <laughs> Kazemi, sounds like an Italian food. This is a power day in the Mercury retrograde cycle, uh-huh. It is at this time, and it's retrograde till January 4th, I think. So, you know, just be aware of it. It is at this time we begin understanding or unlocking what messages Mercury, the planet of communication, has for us. We might receive clarity at this time or some progress to whatever has been held up or lost in translation. What an interesting energy because this it, retrogrades are always like it's time to review and relook and take a look back, but this energy is trying to kind of pop something open and give us new insight into that in order to move on. 
And then on Saturday, December 23rd, Mercury, which began its retrograde in Capricorn, is going to go backward. It's going to backtrack into Sagittarius, where it will remain for the rest of the retrograde. And this alignment helps to bring fiery energy to our thought processes, which may feel welcomed if we've been dragging our feet or confused or foggy and what choice should I do? And so this energy is going to help us become crystal clear and uh, we might feel closer to the answer. We might actually have sort of a breakthrough of, oh, oh, that's it now, right? That's it now because we're also headed toward the last full moon of the year on December 26th. A lot of people have been posting that it's on, you know, that it's on the 25th, but it's actually on the 26th, but it will be full <laughs> three days before and three days after. So if you want to call it full on the on the Christmas day, that's fine. But this full moon falls in the sweet, nurturing, sensitive sign of cancer. And don't we need that? So we're going to end the year kind of in a nurturing place. The full moon will be making us feel all the feels. Aww. So it's a bit it's a bit emotional. Yeah. Right. So I hope it's good emotion and not sadness, right? And sometimes this time of year can be difficult, you know, lonely or 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 exciting, you know, whatever. But we're going to feel all the feels. We may feel more connected to our loved ones or we may desire to feel more connected or we may find that we're missing them more than usual. So really, if you can gather uh, with other people, and think about people that might not have someone to be with and invite them over. You, you're you going to have a lot of food. If you've got one or two extra people there, it, it's okay. That's fine. And if there's a loved one who has passed in your life, you may feel extra close to them on this day. You might just want to light a candle for them. This full moon will thin the veil, heightening our senses. And as I said, making us extra sensitive to the energies of the world around us. So you're going to really want to listen to my guest today. It will be important to, I don't know, center, you know, stabilize yourself, protect your energetic boundaries, and recharge. So, like I said, because it's a cancer full moon, which is water, recharging near the water, <laughs> which shouldn't be hard for us up here in the Seattle area, can be particularly healing. So, remember, nature is our great healer. Um, you know, go outside, get off your technology, you know, have some fun, look at the stars, look at the moon, right? And Saturn, the planet of Uranus and our master teacher, is also active under the full moon. But in this position, it really wants to help us rather than hinder us. And so Saturn's presence can help us feel grounded. Interesting. And will encourage us to appreciate beauty in the lessons that have come our way. And I call that gratitude or uh, understanding or realization and Chiron sta uh, stations direct on the day of the full moon and it adds a powerful healing energy to this time of the year reminding us that our wounds are just holes for the light to come into that's all they're just cracks for the light to come in or out of right so wow what a what a powerful soft kind of loving message uh, for in the skies and remember, we are more powerful than all of that. But it's just like taking a look at the weather, the cosmic weather. And with that, I'd like to bring my uh, guest in. Um, my guest today is uh, Dr. Greg Hammer, MD. He's a professor at Stanford University School of Medicine. 
He's a pediatric intensive care physician, a pediatric anesthesiologist, a mindfulness expert, and the author of a great book called Gain Without Pain, The Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals, which I highly recommend for everybody, with a constant onslaught of traumatic events displayed in the media and on the news, you know, war, things like that, unrest, feelings of despair, depression, overwhelm, uh, have, well, they're really out there. A lot of my clients are really having mental, emotional, spiritual discomfort, right? But what if one small step like expressing gratitude could change the landscape of all of that. So Dr. Greg Hammer is here to discuss the importance of gratitude on your journey to health and happiness. He's a member of the Stanford WellMD Initiative. He's the former chair of the Physician Wellness Task Force for the California Society of Anesthesiologists. He's been a visiting professor and lecturer on wellness at institutions worldwide, and he teaches GAIN to medical students, residents, and fellows at Stanford. And honestly, Dr. Hammer, your, your list of amazingness is amazing. It goes on and on. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm so grateful. Thank you for being here. Great to be with you again, Loretta. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to jump right in there. What, what got you interested in the subject of gratitude? I mean, I'm thinking about the world that you live in and and came from, you know, the medical world. So what what directed you in that in that direction? And actually, you know, kind of the title for this interview is Gratitude, the Foundation of Happiness. So please just step in there and feel free to talk. That's a good question, Loretta. Uh, I've been interested in physical and spiritual fitness for a very long time. Uh, the uh, Stanford WellMD program you mentioned was convened more than 10 years ago to address the growing prevalence of burnout among physicians. Mm -hmm. And that remains an, a serious problem today. And so I started uh, thinking of what, what are the remedies? We discussed the root causes quite a bit, but um, you know, the remedies are a bit more difficult. And one of the remedies is personal resilience. It's not gonna solve all the problems, if we work in an adverse culture where there's a lot of micro and macro aggressions and lack of transparency and lack of effective leadership, or if we work in a, in a system that's very inefficient, um, if we work in the operating room, if the crew takes a long time to get the room ready for the next patient uh, in between operations and we're there for an hour and a half extra every day and we miss dinner with our families and miss our kids piano recitals and so on uh which yeah. i can personally attest to yeah. uh it's difficult to be very happy in our work um so personal resilience is an essential ingredient but it's not enough but it's it's something that i find particularly interesting for myself and on behalf of everyone and it's something that i felt i could work on since i'm not in the administrative leadership, which I think is mainly responsible for directing our culture and also the efficiency of our practice, personal resilience is really up to we individuals. And so I sort of focused on that as I 
thought about what are the uh, remedies for burnout. And especially because I've had a very deep spiritual path and what is it that all 8 billion or almost 8 billion of us now want is just happiness. Yeah. So what yeah. are the pathways yeah. to happiness? And so yeah. uh, I was asked to give a talk on this topic and then another talk and another talk and and now I'm doing it on a regular basis. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about what the essential ingredients to happiness are. And I decided it would be useful to have an acronym for those essential yeah. ingredients. And uh, I also decided that an acronym with four letters representing four <laughs> domains was about as many as I could remember. <laughs> like I love Deepak Chopra and many others. I just can't remember the seven ways of this or the 10 <laughs> steps of that, or, you know, the 12 paths to this. So I thought four was good. So I really spent a lot of time trying to get it down to the essential four. And what I came up with, and they're, they're very interrelated. It's hard to talk about one without the other three. And those elements are represented by the GAIN acronym, gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. And so it starts with gratitude. Wow. Uh, first of all, thank you <laughs> for four. <laughs> I was giggling when you were talking because I have the same problem. And, and you know, the other thing is that I, I interviewed really the most amazing people in the world, including you. And everybody's got so many great ideas that I'm going, oh, that was so good. And then I walk away and I'm like, what did they say? I don't know where to start, right? What can I take? What can I take away? So um, I so appreciate that you only came up with four and there's a, a strong hope we can remember gain, <laughs> right? That's the um, idea. Yeah, I, I just love that so much. Thank you for that. And happiness, burnout, Wow. Um, in a moment, I kind of want to take the elements of gain and talk about them individually. Be, and then, you know, obviously they do work together. But, you know, this idea of burnout is I know you're in the medical field. I'm in the mental health, spiritual health field. And um, over the last few years, I mean, it's, it, it, it's always kind of been there. But I have noticed burnout among everybody to the extent where um you know, here in, in the Seattle area, uh, the terrible joke is that it takes so long to see a medical professional because everybody's overworked and where is everybody, right? And uh, in, in the inflation here, I don't want to get into politics. Everybody knows what is happening in life. And a lot of people have moved out of the area to areas that are less expensive and uh, even uh, service helpers, you know, this burnout idea. And like you said, they just want happiness. They just want happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I well, feel like there's so much in that. Please talk. There's just so much in that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're probably sick of the people moving from the California Bay Area up to Seattle <laughs> because it's less expensive. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, well, what is burnout after all? Burnout is, you know, I'm very interested in the physiology of burnout yeah. and the physiology of, of the opposite uh, of happiness and longevity and health span as well. So what is burnout? Burnout is a syndrome of physical and mental fatigue caused by chronic stress. 
And I, you know, I could talk about chronic stress forever, the physiology, yeah. the, the mental and, and other effects beside the physical effects. But chronic stress is a force that really changes our physiology and it ages us. We're starting to get a handle on some biomarkers really of aging, um, the biologic clock. So if we look at our DNA and patterns of DNA methylation, we look at the telomeres, which are the little protective caps at the tips of our chromosomes, they're kind of like those little plastic caps at the tips of shoelaces. They keep the shoelaces from fraying, the telomeres keep the chromosomes from fraying and keep them healthy and able to continue to replicate so cells can divide and replenish and so on. And our telomeres actually get shorter when we're under stress. And uh, there are so many other adverse physiologic perturbations caused by stress, but burnout is just uh, very simply stated, and I like to keep it simple, uh, the physical and mental manifestations of chronic stress. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't think there have been yeah. three or four or five years that have been more stressful in my lifetime than these most recent years. And, yeah. you know, we're still feeling the, the stress related to the pandemic, the economy kind of uh, rebounding and, you know, then we have increase in interest rates and people can't afford to buy a house and they leave town to go to a cheaper housing market and there go some of our friends and yeah. um you know there yes. are just so many uh issues that have been going on in the last two years um you know and just today i think our great political divide which you sort of alluded to and wisely decided not to wade into <laughs> And, you know, the uh, <laughs> the wars that are going on on the planet that we read about constantly, um, you know, what's yeah. happening in Gaza has sort of bumped the Ukraine horrors yeah. off the front page. Interestingly enough, they're both unimaginably horrible in the suffering that's going on. And, you know, our ecology, you know, we again, we're we're appropriately exposed to what's happening in the environment every day. And so. Uh, the book that I'm writing now is called The Mindful Teen. It's about the stresses, the chronic stress that teenagers endure. And one of them is eco-anxiety, right? Is there going to be a planet for them, for their children and their grandchildren? And, um, you know, we may be rapidly approaching a situation where there isn't. And so between COVID and its repercussions and our political divide, artificial intelligence, may be very wonderful it may be kind of like the internet you know it presented a lot of wonderful things and it presented a lot of troublesome things with social media and so on but um you know we have bullying on social media shaming um artificial intelligence continually pushing information to us that we happen to like to read that we agree with and what happens is it divides us further and further and further as we get uh, you know, we're less compelled to really understand the other side and we become more and more judgmental of those with whom we disagree. And that's the end in gain is non-judgment. So we can, you know, kind of go there. But this has just been an incre incredibly stressful time. And that's why I think personal resilience is so important. And the gain practice is designed to help us become more resilient. And what is resilience?
Resilience, you know, a very simple way of putting it is it's our ability to calm down that acute stress response. So there's so many things that trigger acute stress and we can talk about the physiology of acute stress and the evolution of acute stress. Mm -hmm. That's okay if we get acutely stressed, whether there's an actual or, or imagined threat, if we can bring those physiologic changes back down to baseline quickly, that's resilience. And if we lack resilience, those changes associated with acute stress become long lasting or chronic. And then we are into the domain of chronic stress and, and all of the adverse consequences, including burnout. Wow, I um, I love everything you said. That is, man, I, I, I'm just gonna say, uh, me too, like everything you said, I agree with. Uh, I'm so glad you're writing a book for teens. Um, this is a big dialogue and, and really does need to be talked about. Um, the stress factor, I don't know how many people come in and I'm, I'm like, I always start with a little, you know, catch up interview. How are you doing? How have you been since last season? And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm so stressed out. And then they move on to something. And I'm like, let's just stop right there. <laughs> because we have a tendency to accept it as some sort of normalcy, right? Like, oh, well, we'll just be stressed, right? And if I get quiet, I've got this you know, buzzy energy going on in the back, or I'm just always anxious, or my my tummy's always a little rolly, or, you know, I'm always a little panicky, or can't sleep, or, you know, all of that stuff. And, um, yeah, I, I would really like to, um, like I said, I'm so glad you're in the show. Uh, we're going to take a break in a moment, but I really want to present to the listening audience uh, game, right? I want to talk about those, uh, those four uh, pillars of happiness that you alluded to. And then I just want to kind of say something. I, I talked about it in the opening, but yeah, technology, like I have, I'm of an age, so I, <laughs> I have to remind myself technology is my friend. When my computer's not working very well, I'm like technology is my friend. I love you. You know, <laughs> you can work for me, <laughs> right? Um, but nature, nature is my friend, right? the sky or beauty or just breathing the air or getting off of a screen. Um, you know, sometimes I even like need my eyes to just sort of like do nothing for a while, just do nothing, <laughs> right? And uh, so, yeah, I, I think, and I do think that with the emergence of, of so much technology and so much AI and so much information, we're kind of inundated. Um, and yeah, what is reliable information, what is not? That's a different subject. So uh, we're going to take a little station break. Um, my guest today, uh, Dr. Greg Hammer, MD, professor at Stanford University. We are talking about um, uh, gratitude as a foundation of happiness. We haven't even really gotten into that part. But this is Loretta Brown. Please don't go away. We'll be right back with more of the show. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. 
Oftentimes, the wheelchairs our veterans and first responders receive from their health care providers are subpar at best. Some are falling apart with a years-long waiting list for a new one. This lag causes a tremendous amount of stress for our heroes and creates a burden for their caregivers. Isolation leads to depression. We build what they need to get outdoors, hunting, fishing, or playing sports. Join the mission at wheelchairsforwarriors.org. Do you make a positive difference in the world? Do you have a talent, philosophy, base of knowledge, product or service that you know could help a lot of people if only you could reach them? Join Alternative Talk 1150's family of broadcasters and start walking down a fruitful path. As host of your very own program, dial 425-653-1150 and find out just how affordable it can be to have a show on 1150 AM. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown show with my guest, Dr. Greg Hammer, MD. And uh, I want to remind everybody that these shows are archived at the KKNW 1150 AM archives for the original Loretta Brown show. You can go and download this show as well as many, probably thousands of other shows, hundreds, who knows, and we're also on iTunes, Podcast One, Spotify, uh, tw- whoops, not Twitter, X, Megaphone, <laughs> YouTube, <laughs> all kinds of other places. So please go and find it. Um, during the break, uh, we, uh, uh, Dr. Hammer and I were having such a great talk. I want to bring it on to the air. So um, I was talking about all of these things that are going on, you know, in our world. And a lot of people come to me and they say, oh my goodness, you know, Loretta, is 2024 going to be better? What's going to happen, right? Where are we at with that? And and uh, Dr. Hammer, if you could just kind of jump in there and, and revisit what you were talking about on the break, I'd appreciate it. Sure. Well, you know, the game practice is designed to help us rewire our brains. So why do we need to rewire our brains? We are hardwired to have ways of thinking that apparently interfere with our ability to be happy. I believe that happiness is our true nature. Yeah. It's just that through evolution, our brains have become hardwired in ways that appear to be barriers to that happiness that's intrinsic to us all. One of the ways our brains are wired is that we have a negativity bias. This is really well demonstrated in a lot of psychology and social science. We tend to remember the negative. 80% of our thoughts are negative. Only 20% are positive. Uh, When we sleep, when we're in deep sleep, our brain is processing our experience into memories through a little structure in the brain called the amygdala. And it processes negative memories first. And then it processes positive memories. And many of us don't get enough deep sleep. We might get just enough to process those negative memories and not enough to process the positive memories. So there are a lot of forces that are pushing our thoughts into negativity. And the other way our brains are hardwired, as we were beginning to discuss, is that we have a hard time being present. And happiness really lives in the present moment. When you think about your most joyous moments, there when you are completely present. You talked about nature. You know, we're taking a walk in one of those beautiful forests in the Seattle area, 
and we feel the soft pine cones uh, underneath the soles of our feet as we walk. We smell that lovely sort of evergreen fragrance that's in the air. We look above and we see the sunlight filtering through the canopy of leaves high above. And, and we revel in the majesty of these old large trees. And we are not thinking in those moments about something that embarrassed us that we said or didn't do yesterday or mm -hmm. the list of things we have to do tomorrow. We are right there in the moment. And that's when this sense of separateness, this little ego sort of disappears. We kind of disappear into nature. And the same thing happens when we're listening to, for me, Mozart or mm -hmm. Beethoven or Bach or we're looking at a beautiful piece of art and we just become dissolved. Those are moments when we're fully present. But if we close our eyes and we try to become present, what happens? Our, our minds quickly go to the past and the future. And we do so in ways that I would consider maladaptive. So as you and I were discussing, yeah. We, yeah. we go to the future. We're talking about whether 2024 is gonna be a better year. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts, we're programmed to have our thoughts go to the future. And although it's adaptive to plan for good times and you know plan to put bread on the table, beyond that, our thoughts of the future are rather maladaptive with our negativity bias. We think of the worst thing that could happen. We catastrophize. And this is the way our brains have evolved. Um, you know, we can talk about that, why, why our brains develop this way, but we catastrophize and, and there's a lot over which to catastrophize. You know, is the planet going to overheat? Is this great political divide gonna result in the loss of our democracy? Uh, you know, are these wars gonna result in an ever expanding conflict? Uh, there's so many ways to catastrophize. So again, this kind of generates a lot of fear and anxiety and and the same thing with ruminating over the past. Yeah. Uh, we, we obsess over the past and with our negativity bias, we generate a lot of fear and shame and uh, regret, low self-esteem, something called the imposter syndrome. This is something we all have. So yeah. anybody who's listening should understand this is not your dirty little secret. This is the way <laughs> our brains are hardwired. The yeah. good news is <laughs> our brain is a miraculous organ, if you will, it's capable of changing and, and we can change it. It's got a property called neuroplasticity. That means it's adaptable. And so the issue is we have to have purpose. We have to have a plan. I love that uh, Dr. John Kabat-Zinn defined mindfulness and I think it could go for happiness. Awareness of the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally. Why on purpose? The on purpose is because our brains are wired to be negative and anything but present. But if we have purpose, we have intention, the I and gain, we can actually rewire our brains. And that's what this three or four minute morning meditation called the gain practice helps us do. It's a, it's a way to help slowly rewire our brains one little baby step at a time. Um, I, I love that. So could you visit the, uh, the, the four pillars of gain? Could you explain that to us a little bit more? 
and yeah okay yeah um you know i don't know if we have three minutes loretta but we could actually do a we little do. game meditation we do okay yeah, I think yeah that, we could do it sure you know it's it's almost like it creates a picture a picture tells a thousand words etc so uh we get up in the morning we open the blinds it may or may not be light outside we could talk about the importance of light in our to our brains and happiness but we open the blinds, we do our morning hygiene, we find a comfortable place to sit. Since this I'm, is solstice I'm, and it's the, the, there's the least light today, yeah. um, not, not, in, not counting whether it's cloudy or not, but at least the, the hours of potential daylight are the, are the fewest today of the year. In any case, we open the blinds, we do our morning hygiene, we find a comfortable place to sit. And I'm going to close my eyes and okay. um, I'm not going to be looking at you, Loretta, or anybody else. So no cheating. So we're going to close <laughs> our eyes. I'm looking at the clock. It's it's 841 here in the Bay Area. So we'll, we'll finish by 844, 845. So we close our eyes and we first just focus on our breath. We slow the inhalation. We take a slow, very deep breath through our nose into our belly. Our bellies are expanding, our chest, our bodies are expanding. We breathe in slowly through our nose to a count of three. We pause to a count of three. We fill our chest with air. And then we just slowly let the breath go through our nose or mouth without effort to a count of four. So I'm gonna let people just take a few slow, very deep breaths filling the body. And what we're doing here is we're activating our parasympathetic nervous system. Oh, yes. um, it's the side of our autonomic nervous system that balances the sympathetic or fight or flight nervous system. And by taking these slow, deep breaths, we're slowing our heart rate, we're lowering our blood pressure, we're doing all kinds of very positive things for our bodies. So we take a few more of these slow, deep, intentional breaths. And we begin to contemplate that for which we're grateful. We're here to talk about gratitude. I am so grateful for this day. This day is a gift. I cannot take it for granted. Uh, I've had a cancer diagnosis. I, I hope that I'm cured, uh, but the silver lining is I, I appreciate every day. So I'm grateful for this day. I'm grateful for my little dog. I'm grateful for my family members whom I love. I'm grateful for my community, my relative health, having a roof over my head, having food to eat, unlike many people who are much less fortunate in the world. And I link this gratitude to the slow, deep, intentional breathing. And I transition to acceptance, the A in gain. And this is an acknowledgement that life does not always comport with our apparent wants and needs. There's discomfort and there's pain in life. I lost my 29-year-old boy six years ago. So I'm actually going to sit with this pain. I'm going to actually bring it closer and closer and imagine opening my chest, opening my heart, bringing this pain into my heart, actually nourishing it, nurturing it with my heart. And as I do that, I focus again on my slow, deep breathing. I'm, I'm resting into my heart holding this pain, relaxing into it, fully accepting it. And I ask myself as I take another slow, deep breath, can I live with this pain forever? And the answer is yes. And we return to the breath. 
and we transition to the I am gain, which is intention. And my initial intention is to be present. So I actually may imagine or focus on, I should say, my present experience, the pressure of the chair against my body, the subtle tingling at the soles of my feet, the slightly sweet aroma of the air I'm breathing, the sound I hear, maybe a car passing in the distance or an airplane going by off in the distance, my present experience. My intention is to be present more more often. My intention is also to be kind and generous and compassionate to others and to myself. This is my intention and I link it to my slow, deep breath. And we move our focus with the breath to non-judgment, the end and gain. We imagine a image of the earth apparently suspended in space. One of these beautiful NASA images of the earth. The Earth is a beautiful planet, but it is just a planet. It is neither good nor bad. There's no judgment of the Earth. It is just what it is. And so I too am just the person that I am. I'm neither good nor bad. And I link this to my slow, deep, deliberate breathing. I'm just the person that I am. I'm neither good nor bad. There is no judgment. I simply am. And we link this I amness to the slow, deep breathing we enjoy. And then we just return our focus purely to the breath, slowly in through the nose, pausing, expanding, and slowly letting the breath go. And we repeat this. Now we slowly open our eyes and we're ready to go out in the world. Well, thank you so much. Um, I am shifted, changed, brain chemistry's shifted. I hope my brain got that neuroplasticity got in that direction. Um, I love that so much. Thank you for that. And just a reminder you, to people listening, you can download this show, show and listen to this over and over. Um, that's, that's wonderful. Feel completely reset. So What happens, Loretta, is yeah. that as we do this on a daily basis, after mm -hmm. days to weeks or even months, we can look back and realize that we're actually happier. And what happens is we link these elements of gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment to our breath. And so when we are being ungrateful yeah. or resisting or being unintentional and just kind of lapsing into our old habits or being judgmental of others or especially ourselves, a little light bulb goes off eventually because we've begun to rewire our brain in these positive ways. And when we transgress, which we all do, a light bulb goes off. So we do our gain meditation, we have a cup of coffee, we're driving to work, and somebody ahead of us changes into our lane without using their turn signal. And we start to form all these judgments. 
of the driver, right? And then a light bulb goes off and we say to ourselves, you know, I just did my gain meditation. I'm going to drop the judgment and it feels good. We get a little dopamine hit. So instead of more adrenaline, we get a little pleasure. We get a little dopamine and we can kind of smile and laugh at ourselves. And again, we're even more reinforcing this new way of being. And so it's very simple. Who doesn't have three or four or five minutes in the morning? So set we set our alarms three or four or five minutes earlier as we go to sleep at night. And that reminds us to think of three things for which we're grateful in the evening as we set our alarm. And then we get up three or four or five minutes earlier than we might have. If we're going to get up at seven, we get up at 6.55 or 6.56. And we do this practice. And it's it's so good for us. It is so powerful and so simple. And, you know, it's just, uh, it, it's magic how our brains can be rewired. Thank you so much. And you got to stop riding around in the car with me, you know. <laughs> You're on to me. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm the same way. That's why I try not to drive. <laughs> um, I also just want to share this because you're right. I, I feel happier. I feel like something in my brain, like you say, that little dopamine, uh, little shot of dopamine, you know, which has, you know, I feel lighter. I feel happier. And I feel like I can laugh a little bit you know, lighten up a little bit and just kind of observe what's going on. Um, this is such a great thing uh, to be talking about just ahead of possible family visits. Yes. Or traveling. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, you know, people listening to the show, maybe you only have like three days or something to practice this. Maybe you should do it like three times a day or something. <laughs> And get ready for a dinner with the family or something. But you can be um, part of the super gain program. No, I think you're exactly gain. right. So, yes. so the next time we're sitting at the dinner table for Christmas or what have you with those relatives that we don't see often and you know <laughs> for a reason. No. <laughs> yeah, potentially so, but but so, we're grateful. Yeah. <laughs> right. So when you're listening to Uncle Tom talk about his political views, which are the polar opposite to your own, start to just take some slow, deep breaths. Yes. Yeah. Again, you know, we're activating our vagus nerve and our parasympathetic nervous system. That yeah. that bit of adrenaline that starts to surge when we listen to Uncle Tom speak. Uh, just go to the <laughs> breath and then do a 15 second gain practice, realize that we're actually grateful for these loving people. Yes. And we can accept them, the A in gain for who they are. We can accept the discomfort that arises when we hear this talk. Um, we reinforce our intention to be present and grateful and accepting and non judgmental. So we recognize that Uncle Tom is just a person. He's neither good nor bad. He is just the person that he is, just like me. And the judgment just sort of evaporates. And then go back and take one more slow, deep, deliberate breath. And it might change your evening for the better. 
Yeah, I, I just, I love gain. I love this super gain. I love it so much. Um, everything that you said, because you're touching on the things that I talk endlessly to people about, you know, either in groups or in session and gratitude, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, I'm grateful for this and that and the other thing. But when you get to acceptance and like you were saying earlier, the realization that things are not always <laughs> the way we want them to be all the time. And there's that friction in there. There's that, that friction. Uh, but yeah, I highly recommend people, please, um, you know, take this on as a, as a practice. It, you can see how it's just a few minutes and uh, it will change you. I, you mentioned something in your, um, uh, in your talk there about three good things. Can you talk about three good things? Sure. Well, this is actually uh, a great study in neuroplasticity that's been conducted at Duke University for many years. I believe it's still ongoing. And if you search for three good things, Duke University, you probably can find the program. And if it's still going on, you can actually sign up for it online. And and the the, the executive summary is that they uh, have enrolled tens of thousands of people and you take a quality of life survey, a happiness survey, basically at the at baseline, and then you pledge to think of, write down, submit on the internet, but even just thinking of three good things uh, that happened during the day. It takes no time. You can do it while you're turning the bed linens down. Uh, you know, tonight I'll think, well, boy, I had a really good cup of coffee and it was sunny today in Northern California. It's been raining for a few days. Uh, yeah. I just so appreciate the depth of the blueness of the sky. I had this wonderful conversation with Loretta. Um, I took my dog for a great walk and I just yeah. reveled in his happiness. And I'm sure there'll be many other things I can be grateful for yeah. tonight. So you think of three good things and what they've shown is that doing this practice on a nightly basis for even several weeks actually makes people happier. They sleep better. And according to the survey science of happiness, their happiness improves for extended periods of time, even after they're not necessarily doing it anymore. So yeah. for me, it's just really easy. I do it when I just close my eyes when I'm in bed at night and I just start to take a few slow, deep breaths and I just take stock of my day and I focus on three or four or five. Sometimes I, I have a longer list of good things that happen during the day. And yeah, I mean, people actually get happier when they do this practice. And that's a great example of neuroplasticity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love this connection to the breath. Um, I'm already uh, can tell that, you know, like the minute that you're someplace and you're like, I got to take a deeper breath. I can see how very quickly that light bulb would go off and you'd be already in gr gratitude. You'd already be starting to go through it, right? And um, man, I, I cannot highly recommend this enough. You, uh, It also really keeps you present. You've said that, but I, I'm just emphasizing it. In the moment, enjoying the moment and the fullness of the moment, which is so hard for us to do. Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, as I said, I think that yeah. um, these four elements really are pretty all-encompassing, and of course, they're not of my invention. People like, you know, wonderful people like you 
with wonderful programs talk about these things all the time. I mean, they're universal concepts. They're universally embraced as the requisite elements of happiness. Uh, I just kind of strung them together and <laughs> helped, you know, associate them with a very simple practice that we can do to remind ourselves. But there are many, many people who talk about these topics and these elements uh, on a daily basis on their programs and and in the scriptures and you know of of all religions. You know, these are yeah. these are closely held important concepts uh, of of faith and spirituality and happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I love it. Gain. I can I can remember that. I think I can actually do it, right? Like write it out on a little piece of paper and just stick it on my bathroom mirror and get get into it, right? Um, you we're coming up on the end of the show too quick. Um could you please tell people where to find you? What kinds of things um you have coming up? I mean, you're all over the place really if people put your name in there and make sure you put, you know, Dr. Greg Hammer MD. Don't get the other hammer. Um, anyway, <laughs> there's other hammers out there. And then uh, final words to people. You and I, I know I'm jumping in here like I'm taking up your time, but I want to emphasize to people that this helps your health, your physical health, mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual, the whole thing. So please, where do we find you? Last words. What do you want to say? Yeah, well, you could find me. Uh, my website is easy to remember. It's greghammermd.com, G-R-E-G-H-A-M-M-E-R-M-D.com. And uh, there's a link to the book there, which is on Amazon. There's a link to um, my publicist. If anybody wants uh, to have a discussion about doing a workshop, a 90-minute workshop can be in person, virtual, on the GAIN method. Um, and I think my my final message to people would be that you know we we are all wired the same way so this negativity this darkness of our thoughts uh this tendency to be a little bit sad and depressed especially at this time of year it's not your dirty little secret it's something that we all share we all have these feelings we all get sad we all may get a little bit depressed and i think it's really important for people to know that they're not alone this is not their dirty little secret. You know, we all feel if everyone knew about my thoughts, they wouldn't want to be my friend. They wouldn't respect me. This imposter syndrome, even among the most highly accomplished people in all fields have these thoughts. Yeah. So we're not alone. And, and, and there's ways that we can change the way we think and really transform our lives for the better. Yeah. 